Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Darren Renke, who is the CEO and founder of Group 60 Executive Coaching and Training. His website is group60.com. He also is the author of the book, The Savage Leader. So without further ado, Darren, welcome to the show. Great to be on here today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just thought I'd start asking. It's a new year. How's uh, 2021 treating you so far? I would say it's a lot better than 2020. And I probably about a month ago, I started just to really feel optimistic about the change ahead and just with the numbers going down and seeing us getting back to business as usual. And obviously being in California, we've been in a little bit of a different situation than the rest of the country, but feeling really good. So really good for a big 2021 and 2020 was painful for people, including ourselves in so many ways, but feel like there's some great days ahead. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to hear that. And uh, you know, I I lived in California for 20 years. I'm currently in Virginia, and uh, my my family's still there. So it, it is interesting to kind of, uh, in a sense, step out of the California bubble and see like what is going on over there compared to like the rest of the world. And I'm just like, uh, at least it doesn't bother my mom. She seems to be okay with all of this. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that you are uh, more hopeful for the new year. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Darren, I uh, want to dive into your book here in a second, but before I do, I am very curious to know about your company, uh, Group 60 Executive Coaching and Training. So your company uh, really provides, uh, like I said, uh, executive coaching and training, um, and your primary your your primary focus um, for your clients, which I find very fascinating, is to build leaders from the inside and out. Can you elaborate on that? Because I think, you know, I generally am an introspective person, but I think like most people maybe aren't. So tell us what that means to really build leaders from the inside out? So most, most books, most approaches, a lot of training courses tend to focus on the observable behaviors of leadership. So people who can be a great orator, they can be a great decision maker, they can hold their teams accountable, they can project vision. And those are really important parts. And we focus on those things as well. But we take a little bit of a different approach in terms of we take a slight step back because my firm belief is that there's a parallel journey that goes on mm -hmm. in terms of developing those external attributes. It's also some of those internal attributes that are developed. And so what I mean by that is it's about becoming more aware and anchored to your values because that really impacts who you are as a leader, your leadership brand, but also how you connect that to the, the mission and vision of your organization. It's about authenticity and a term I've been really wrestling with the last couple of months is around being confidently authentic. Maybe mm -hmm. We can go into that later in terms of what that means. But also it's about how do you foster greater levels of patience? Because I think there's this, there should be an impatience for action, but there should be a patience, patience for results, whether that's mm. behaviors, whether that's impact in the marketplace, et cetera, to some extent, obviously. And um, so that's, that's our approach. So we, we start with the why. And then we move into the what and into the how. So that's a little bit of, a, of the way we are distinct, I believe, in the marketplace and that we focus primarily or first on the inside and then we move outside. Yeah, I think that's a really astounding and uh, kind of uh, relief, uh, a relief to know that there are companies out here are out there that are focusing on um, you know building from the inside and out or from the inside to out. Uh, tell me where does where did that begin for you, Darren? Because I know that uh, I imagine that you practice what you preach. I'm sure that would have started for you somewhere. 
Definitely. So for me, it's actually a little bit interesting that, that I focus on the soft skills and perhaps even some of the squishy things that people are sometimes open to. And it takes some time for people to get open to, to making some of those shifts and addressing some of those mindsets. And if you asked me at 23 years old at Accenture, I was in the process group and there was a change management group. And if you said, which group is least like you, I would have 100% said change management. And now I find myself sprinting towards the soft to the soft. And in terms of just how I got to that inside out piece is, is first, it's just seeing so many projects from a consulting perspective, just go into the ditch due to underdeveloped leaders and leadership teams mm. is I saw this real need for leadership development. So that's, that's how the evolution in terms of how I made that shift from consulting into executive coaching and training. But the internal piece is, is so much of it has been about my own journey and that just going through the coach training process early on, mm -hmm. I realized that to be an effective executive coach, you had to do a lot of work on yourself. So you had to really understand what's important to you. What does it mean to be authentic? What are your values? How do you be present? How do you become more of an active listener? And so I started to realize how important that was for me in my journey to be an impactful executive coach. But I realized that it's really the same thing. And a lot of our work is helping leaders or managers become coaches to their teams. That's, that's what can really help managers stand above the rest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that requires that internal journey. So it's really through my own experience and my own development, but then I saw how impactful that is for other people as well. Yeah, definitely. Tell me a little bit more about uh, what it means to be confidently authentic. Cause I know that you hinted at this for a little bit and I'm for our listeners who maybe don't understand what that really means. I mean, I think we know what confident and authentic means separately, but to put it together, confidently authentic, let us know what that means for you and how our listeners should understand that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm still struggling with whether it's authentically confident or confidently authentic. So <laughs> that'll be a, a branding question that we're wrestling with as we go. But just the point is that if you can be authentic to yourself and you can stand in that authenticity, I think you can gain a lot of confidence from that. Mm -hmm. And what it comes down to, and this is something that I've wrestled with myself, is that for a long time, I worked at Accenture. I went to did my MBA at UC Berkeley at the Haas School of Business. And for so long, I was focused on being the smart Accenture Darren, the Haas Darren, and less of the real Darren, which is that focused on being connected to my values, really leaning into my own why in terms of the impact that I want to have in the world, and just saying the things that really land well with me. And what I found is that when I am more true to myself and more authentic and consistent and connected to my why, that I gain so much confidence out of that. And you know, I've always said, hey, I want to live and die on my own terms in terms of my success or failure at whatever I do. And I've realized that, hey, I want to go out swinging my own way, not in a way that what I should do, what I think others think I should do, what the community I grew up with would, would want me to do, what the people I went to business school or with Accenture would think I should do. It's about doing what's true to myself. And then I believe that that's so true for other people as well as whether it's a leader who gets beat up for being too humble mm. and realizes that that's the way he or she shows up most effectively and most, most authentically will give them an incredible amount of confidence. So that's the whole idea of, of authentically confident or confidently authentic. I like that. I mean, the way that I see it is just like what you mentioned is really uh, defining what your values are, what your why is um, so that you can kind of show up in the world. And it's not really about achieving that external approval or validation. It's more so like giving as a result to, you know, what you stand by. And, and oftentimes that does serve other people when, you know, when you can focus on yourself and do that inner work, it reflects out in a very positive way. 
Yeah. You mentioned something interesting is that external validation. I think we all look for that. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to this podcast a couple of months ago and this guy said, he's talking about his book and he said, what was the one lesson learned? The guy asked him, he said, you know, I wish I knew I had a freaking good book before I received marketplace recognition. And I started to use that in my own life and my own coaching. It's like, look, you're doing the work, you're taking those risks and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. But the point is to really to stand in, in your own light, in terms of your own authenticity and doing what makes most sense for you and connects back to your values. Because I think that's so important because we're not always going to get that external validation, whether it's from our manager, our boss, our colleagues, even in our personal life, or whether it's the marketplace for me, it's writing a book and whether that's validated positively or negatively, you know, it doesn't matter ultimately. I mean, it does mm-hmm. matter of course, but it's about being true to yourself. And I think that's really important because I think if you wait for that validation, it's going to take a long time. Yeah, I agree with you. One thing that I've learned uh, at the start of, it wasn't the start of last year, is um, like, for example, to uh, set intentions versus goals. Intentions as is like, you know, what are my values? What is my why? Um, and therefore, you know, let's see how the universe will conspire to that favor in a sense. It's like, let's like, let me show up to this world as, as I know I am and see what comes of it. And I think when you come from that standpoint of like, you're doing this because you know that you're good at it, because you know that this feels right for you. Like, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't really matter what the external, you know, feedback will be like, of course it's nice, but you don't really live for that anymore. Like you don't really, I mean, you you don't really live for that in a sense because you don't need to, because you're, you're, you know, starting from your most, you're operating from your most authentic self. You know, of course we do need the, maybe not the validation per se, but we need the success, you know, whether you're launching a new product or writing a book or launching a podcast or a new business per se. Mm -hmm. But I a hundred percent agree with you because I think it does matter. And for me, when I can really focus on my why, which is to unleash the inner lion within leaders so that they can lead more, more authentic and joyful lives to create better and more resilient teams, organizations, and communities. Mm-hmm. For me, when I focus on that and less on the noise and the metrics and the outcomes, whether it's revenue or you know social media metrics, et cetera, I find myself just being in a better space, a better mind space and where I can focus. And and developing a why is an interesting thing as well, whether it's a purpose statement, which we talk about, or a why statement, which I think is so powerful, mm-hmm. is that one thing is that most people tend to think that, oh, it's got to be this, this flash of light, this near-death experience, this some transcendent moment for yourself that just gives you your why, your purpose. And yeah, that's true for some people, but I don't mm-hmm. think the majority, it definitely was not for myself, is through introspection. It's through looking to your past and extracting values. It's from just even looking at a set of values or a list of values and talking to family and friends and people who know you the best and developing that wire, that purpose statement. I think that's so important and so powerful because it doesn't, for most people come as a flash of light, but it does require a lot of intention, a lot of reflection, even journaling for, for me and for other people is really helpful as well. Yeah. I think some people depend too much on that flash of light too. <laughs> they're just wait, we're wait, they're waiting for that, you know, when they shouldn't, they should really start from within. Right. And uh, I appreciate you elaborating on that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, whether you're talking about finding your purpose, finding your career, I, I truly believe it's about creating your purpose, creating your career. And for so long, when I first realized I want to be pre, I was pre-med and I can go into that later, but my parents were veterinarians. My sister's a dermatologist. All I really knew is health science. Mm. And um, for the longest time, I thought, okay, I'm not, I don't want to go to med school anymore. I want to go into business. And so I'd read books like What Color Is Your Parachute? And not to disparage that book at all, but I don't even know if they even printed it anymore. Maybe a <laughs> super old school reference. But 
it was really about matching your skills to jobs. And there was just, there was no soul. There was no heart. Mm. There was no purpose in that. Yeah. And for me, what I've realized is that when you dig into your values and your purpose, I believe you can find something that's so much more resonant with what matters most to you. And I even share some of that work and I do some volunteer work with um, the Navy SEAL and the special operations community to help them transition from the military into mm -hmm. the workforce. And so much of it is connected back to their own why statement and what matters because that's what ultimately can give you fulfillment long-term, which, you know, and if you're worried about the external metrics, greater fulfillment, I believe will also lead to greater success. Mm, powerful. Well, let's go ahead and get into your uh, book now, Darren. So I really love the name of your book, The Savage Leader. And you hinted at this already. It's about kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, channeling that inner lion, but let us know what does that mean to be a savage leader? So it's a, a bit of a, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's a bit of provocative and it could tend to think oh, it's, it's about just being raw and unpolished. Mm. And to me, it's more about it truly takes confidence and boldness and being a savage to tap into some of those inner values, to be thinking about authenticity. How do you foster greater, greater sense of patience and perseverance? How do you address and tackle self-limiting beliefs that become doubt, which become can become fear and can hold us back from doing great things in our lives and our careers? So to me, that savage is to mm -hmm. be that confident and that bold to really lean and turn into yourself, to think about what matters most and then build your life and your career from that point. I love that. Uh, the way that I uh, interpret that is really unapologetic, you know, unapologetically being yourself and standing by your values and, you know, going out to the world with that. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Unapologetic, which is unapologetic for being true to myself. So, which is, which is totally savage to me, you know, and less of like, you know, raw and unpolished and the lion actually interesting story is I'd had my why statement and used that lion image in some different places. And I was talking about the book cover. And first I was thinking Lord of the flies meets caveman art. And my wife said, why don't you just use the lion? She's like, you're always talking about the lion, you know, being lion hunter, whether it's my son bringing out his inner lion or whatever it may be. And so that ended up being the cover of the book. I love it. And if you, if everyone takes a look at it, it, pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty savage <laughs> looking book and, and very clean. I, I really like just the the color and I mean, the blackness of it, kind of the seriousness of like the seriousness and the importance of, you know, kind of channeling that inner lion in a sense. Yeah, no, I think you. I appreciate that. And one thing it was meant to be a book that's easy to read. So it's not particularly long. I think it's 161 pages mm -hmm. and something that can be read even on vacation or nights and weekends is not going to get your mind going crazy, you know, in terms of, you can have, you can have some fun with it. It's all driven by stories. Mm. It's about some of the amazing people I met, whether it's Silicon Valley entrepreneurs who sold their company to Google, professional Ironman triathlete, NBA players, Navy SEALs, even mm. therapists on the other end of the spectrum. I ended up sharing some of my own stories, which I initially hadn't planned on doing, mm. which, because I thought it might be helpful, maybe cathartic at some level as well, but I ended up threading some of my own stories in there as well. Yeah. So uh, I know, Darren, in your book, you really uh, focus on 13 different principles about how to become a better leader from the inside and out. And uh, without having to list all 13, why don't you share maybe some favorite stories that you put in the book uh, that represent um, some of your favorite principles? The first one that's really what's first in the book is about values and mm -hmm. gaining awareness and then anchoring to those values and using as a way to, to drive your for yourself forward and make sure you make sure you stay in alignment. And so the story that I shared from my own life is that, so my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, just pulled the plug on our life in LA and moved to the South of Brazil and started a surf camp, 
surf travel company with one of my good high school friends wow. as a way just to really get out of a lot of the work that I had been doing that she'd been doing. She'd been dancing professionally in LA as a, mm. a bit of a break between work and the entertainment business. And then what she does now as a wedding planner here in San Diego. And it's what I realized is that beyond just what it was like to start my own business, what it was like to live in a foreign country and become conversational in Portuguese and meet some incredible people that have become lifelong friends mm -hmm. is what I learned is that I really enjoyed, and this may make people a little bit sick to their stomach, but spending breakfast, lunch, and dinner with Melissa, my you know fiance at the time became wife, now current wife with two wonderful boys. And for me, that's what mattered is I realized mm -hmm. that being with the people that I love, people that matter the most to me, whether it's my wife or my kids or my family or my friends, is that what matters? And also developed a bit of a mantra about freedom of time and space, because I want to make sure that I can be there. Like this afternoon, I have a 4 p.m. batting practice with my son's baseball team. And I try to be there for my kids, whether it was their holiday plays in preschool mm -hmm. or whether it's their athletics or just being there to support them and see them when they come home from school uh, at times, which that's what matters most. And so for me, one of the principles or that the lesson within that story is find what matters, like find what matters to you, not what other people think is important. But for me, that's, what's most important. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm absolutely as ambitious as the next person, but for me, this is like a non-negotiable is, is that freedom of time and space primarily so that I can be with people that matter most to me. Mm, wow. I, I love that. Um, I think lately, like I was just thinking about how this morning I, it was like the first time I've um, sort of slowed down in my work uh, in a while. And I was just sitting and drinking coffee and, you know, we're fortunate to be uh, living on the beach and I was listening to the waves. And somehow in that moment, it got me to appreciate what really mattered to me, which was my family, you know, and like my husband. And I mean, my dog, we don't have kids yet, but he's basically, I call him my only child. And, um, and yeah, I mean, just, just knowing what really matters and why you're doing everything that you're doing, um, I think is powerful. And, and it's a, it's a wonderful way to keep yourself grounded. Um, because you know, the entrepreneurial life is, is pretty gnarly, <laughs> you know? So I, I appreciate that first principle, Darren. Yeah, I think it really applies not just to entrepreneurs, but to really anybody. And mm -hmm. when I wrote this book, I, I went against the advice of probably any book publisher and said, okay, who, who's your target? Well, it's like, well, yeah, of course, there's business leaders, business executives, but I think this is equally applicable to entrepreneurs, to even a friend of mine who's a teacher said, you know, I'm talking about being the savage teacher. And mm -hmm. these lessons and these principles are really meant to be applicable to anyone. So I think that's really an important distinction for sure. Yeah, I love it. Can you talk more about the principle of embracing patience? Because I know that you mentioned it earlier, but I think if there's a story tied to it, I'd love to hear hear about it. That's a good one. And patience has been one of my perhaps an Achilles heel for so long. <laughs> uh -huh. And you know, this is where it came down to me sharing my own story because I just I just had to share it because I think it was hopefully be helpful for other people. But I always used to say patience is a virtue for other people which is just so naive and so arrogant in so many levels. And what I realized over time is that there's a distinction between impatience for action and impatience for results. And impatience for action is great. You know, whether it's executing on a strategy, whether it's to overcome fear and to go tackle something right away, I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. But the results are not always directly uh, correlated or connected to the action, right? So it's like, it may take longer to develop a new behavior. Like, Hey, I want to be, become a better public speaker. I want to be a better developer of my team, have better coaching conversations. I want to be a better parent mm. is those things take time. And 
you know, I think if you make sure that you just really focus on the action, but giving yourself some grace in terms of the results and, and those outcomes. And one way you can do that is you can set what's called proxy metrics. Mm-hmm. And I really borrowed that from my experience working in digital marketing is that you have these metrics where, of course, it's about transactions and conversion rate, number of orders and all that. But there's also these metrics that are higher up in the funnel about, you know, whether it's number um, number of leads, uh, different stages of the funnel is that you can start to look at that from a behavioral perspective too. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if someone's trying to have better coaching conversations with their team, perhaps they want to be a better active listener, right? Of course, the outcome is to have a great coaching conversation where your team walks away with some really tangible actions and they, be, they can become better in their own life and their own career. But starting by saying, hey, I'm just going to focus right now on being a better listener, mm-hmm. which could just be observing their body language, really being more present in the moment. Mm-hmm. So that can be one of the tips that can be helpful in terms of, of course, we want the outcomes, having some patience for them, but focusing on some metrics that come earlier on that can help you foster that greater sense of patience. Awesome. Wow. Darren, I feel like we covered a lot <laughs> in our conversation today, just a ton of stories and all the good work that you're doing. And now, of course, your book, The Savage Leader, which is also a podcast. I know you recently, uh, at the time of this recording, have released about what, nine episodes already? Yeah, I think the ninth one went live on Wednesday. That's really awesome. Um, well, cool. Uh, other than that, Darren, I just want to make sure I covered all my bases here before we wrap up. Is there anything else you want people to know, whether it's about your company, Group 60, uh, Group 60 Executive Coaching and Training, or even just your book, The Savage Leader? Yeah, so I think I would just really encourage people to just to find what really matters to them and try to build a life and career and around that. And it can be a little bit cliche, but I found it to be so true for me in my life. And it's able to be me to be more productive, more joyful, more successful, but more importantly, in the people that I've worked with, I found it to be so important for them. And if you think these lessons could be valuable to you in any of these 13 principles, you can find out more about the book. You can either visit thesavageleader.com. There's information about the book and a link to buy it on Amazon, or you can go to Amazon and search for The Savage Leader. Awesome. Well, Darren, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our show here at The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks again for joining us. Great to be on. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Darren Renke, who is the CEO and founder of Group 60 Executive Coaching and Training. You can learn more about him and his company at group60.com and also check out his book, thesavageleader.com. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com dot com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, 
seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.